is a Woodside Church podcast. Well, hello everyone. My name is Ruth and um, I'm part of the church family here. I'm just going to move this slightly. I'm in a shadow. It's better. So, um, this morning I'm going to be continuing with our occasional series called Jesus Meets. And uh, we've tried to include in this series perhaps characters that wouldn't necessarily be in the top ten of the obvious. And uh, when Luke phoned me and said, would you be willing to do a, a talk in this series, he gave me a few options. And then he got to the woman with the issue of blood. And I said, yes, I'll do that. <laughs> I'm standing here now thinking, why <laughs> did I say that? <laughs> But I really feel that her story has got something that can inspire and encourage us and we can learn from. But forgive me as we go through this. It feels such a clumsy way of describing someone, the woman with the issue of blood. And frankly, every alternative that's come into my head is no better. I just wish the gospel writers had given us her name, but none of them do. So I want to look at this story this morning. I want to look at the context and the background. I want us to dig into the faith and desperation that was in her heart and how all this applies to us. And then I want us to pray. Because in my heart and head, there is no point really talking about someone who's been healed without us doing some practical application here and now. So that's what we're going to do toward the end. Before I go any further, I want us, I want to pray for all of us. So, Holy Spirit, just come and be among us. And God, where we have accommodated our illnesses and sicknesses, help us to see things from your perspective. God, give us fresh faith this morning. And if any of us have been hoping and waiting for a miracle for 12 years. God, I want to ask that this would be the day of breakthrough. Have mercy on us, Lord. Have compassion on us, we ask, O oh God, for your glory and to build your kingdom. Amen. Okay, well, let's read the account in Luke's Gospel. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him, that's Jesus, and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. 
So firstly, the context and the background. Well, both of these aspects are important. Her story is in Matthew, Mark and Luke, although in Matthew, interestingly, it's reduced to just two verses. But in all three, it seems to interrupt another story. It's almost like the filling in a sandwich. So before we get to the woman, Jesus is with a crowd of people and his disciples. And Jairus, who's one of the leaders in the synagogue, a very important member of the community, came up to Jesus and said, my daughter is sick, please can you go to see her? Jairus was desperate. He knew that his daughter was critically ill. So off Jesus goes with the disciples and the crowd still following. And then we have this interruptions to proceedings. This lady arrives on the scene. And we will pick up the other part of Jairus' story further on in the preach. But what about this lady? Well, she had been bleeding for 12 years. 12 long, lonely years. Her bleeding, which was almost certainly vaginal bleeding, meant that she was ceremonially, just about said that word, unclean. (laughs) She could not touch anyone, as that would then make them unclean. And uncleanliness meant you could not worship with other Jews. She was forbidden to go into a place of worship. She could have tried to cheat, I guess, and climb in around the back gate, but that would have broken the law. Leviticus chapter 15 gives us some of the detail, and particularly these few verses. When a woman has a discharge of blood for many days at a time other than her monthly period, or has a discharge that continues beyond her period, she will be unclean as long as she has the discharge, just as in the days of her period. Any bed she lies on while her discharge continues will be unclean, as is her bed during her monthly period, and anything she sits on will be unclean as during her period. Anyone who touches them will be unclean. They must wash their clothes and bathe with water, and they will be unclean till evening. Pretty specific, isn't it? And doesn't it sound a little odd to our 21st century ears? But there were a number of things in the Old Testament law that were regarded to be unclean. A dead body was another. And there is some logic to this, although we think it is just strange. Hygiene was, of course, needed, the same as it is in any culture, but not always very easy to achieve. So perhaps the best thing was just to steer clear. But it left this lady socially isolated in a way that we really can't begin to understand. During the early days of COVID, of course, we had to keep socially distanced six feet apart. And a lot of us were not very keen on it at all. And that was for, I don't know, a year or so. This had been going on for 12 months, uh, 12 years for her. Far, far more extreme than anything we experienced at the worst moments during the pandemic. And probably it meant she lived alone. She certainly could not get close to anyone because of the impact it would have on them. 
So let's look at the story in a little more detail. And a woman was there who'd been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. What exactly was wrong with her? Well, we simply don't know, but I'm just going to be a bit sneaky and maybe speculate a little bit. It could have been menstrual bleeding, but in consulting with one of our GPs called Katie, as she said, if it had been that, like that, she would have been extremely weak and anemic. And probably that isn't the explanation. She might have been bleeding every day, or it just might have been regular bleeding. There's no uh, more information that we can find in any of the Gospels. Maybe there was a hormone imbalance or fibroids or something else. She certainly has a very serious gynecological problem, which according to Mark's Gospel had received the attention of doctors causing her to spend all she had. And the result was that she had become worse. Luke's gospel doesn't have the information about the doctors, maybe because Luke was widely thought to be a doctor and maybe he didn't want to diss any of his colleagues. <laughs> One of the reasons I wanted to look at this story is that I too have had gynecological problems. I had something called endometriosis. So I felt a little bit of an affinity with her over the years. One of the reasons when Luke said, what about this, I jumped at the opportunity. But honestly, her problems were far more intense and far more serious. No wonder this lady was desperate. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Sometimes the Bible says in a few words something that is so dramatic and life-changing that if we blink, we can miss it. So let's just slow it down a little bit. She came up behind him. She didn't or couldn't get in front of him. Maybe there were practical reasons for this. The crowd was heavy and, would, and it would have been hard for to, her to do anything other than stay behind. She also knew that everyone knew she was unclean. So she probably wanted to stay hidden. She touched the edge of his cloak. She just got her fingers onto the edge of his garment. Some versions call it the fringe or tassels. I don't know if you can, I hope you can see just uh, enough of that picture to get a feel for perhaps what it was like. This is important. The fringe will be the tassel on the end of this uh, garment that was thrown over the left shoulder and hung down the back. In Numbers 15 we read, Speak to the children of Israel. Tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and to put a blue thread in the tassel of the corners. And you shall have the tassel that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. The woman was touching something that symbolizes the law. And in so doing is breaking the law and making Jesus unclean. 
It's very important that we understand the dramatic moment that this was. Her reaching out just to touch the end of his cloak, breaking the law as she's looking at a symbol to remind everybody to keep the law. What was the consequence? Immediately, she was healed. Are you kidding? There was no fire from heaven, no instant death, no divine reprimand, no retribution. Immediately, her bleeding stopped. Twelve years of profound inconvenience, intense discomfort, life-limiting condition over. Finished. Except not quite. Who touched me? Jesus asked. What a tough question to ask. The crowd was worse in this story than any of us trying to get in to see the fireworks at Bedford Rugby Club. Of course people were touching him. But Jesus doesn't ask questions to get information. He asks questions to see who will respond in faith. Who is the one with integrity who will draw closer rather than go away and hide? When they all denied it, Peter Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. The spotlight is coming closer. This is very public. Jesus wants an answer, so he gives more detail, knowing the woman will understand he is talking about her. There had been a transaction of power. Her faith had been met by a miracle. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. She was very nervous. Had she done something terribly wrong? Would she now be scolded? Would her healing be taken away? And she's obligated to tell her story in front of all the people. This is not discreet or off to the side or in front of a select few. Everyone could hear her words. The crowd had stopped. There was no more hurrying to Jairus' house to attend to his sick daughter, The action was happening right in front of their very eyes. But this needed to be public. To put everything right again, all the people needed to know that her bleeding had stopped. She was no longer an outsider that everyone had to avoid. She was back in the centre of the action. But Jesus hasn't spoken to her yet. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. She was no longer a woman with an issue of blood. She was daughter. That word brought recognition, restored relationship, a connection that enabled her to be part of the community. Most of all, 
It spoke of acceptance from Jesus. She is not rejected. In one word, he tenderly draws her near. It is her desperate faith that one action of reaching out was enough. A number of commentators have suggested, for all sorts of reasons I won't bog you down with, that her theology might not have been perfect. Well, who's his? David's, maybe. But her actions demonstrate raw faith put into action. Tasker, one commentator, says this. Faith plays the vital role of releasing the divine activity. Jesus said, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. I don't know if you can see, you you need a little bit of... um, a telescope, I think. But on the very end of the finger is a mustard seed. And then the other picture shows a mustard bush. That is some transformation. But it's the illustration Jesus gave to talk about faith and what a difference it can make. The final part of her story is that she is told to go in peace. All the baggage that had been gathered over the previous 12 years is now in the dust. Off her shoulders and in the gutter. She doesn't have to carry it any longer. All the shame she knew and experienced has vanished. She is clean. Peace and wholeness has come. But she is to go to tell others about what has happened. And who wouldn't want to hear her story? So, what about us today? What can we learn and be inspired by? Well, firstly, it doesn't matter who we are. Remember at the beginning we said about Jairus, his story ends with his sick daughter dying, and it appears tragedy has struck. While Jesus has been delayed with the woman, who doesn't have a name, this very important man who has lost his only daughter... But Jesus declares that she isn't dead, only sleeping, and brings her back to life again. So whether you are important, with position, respectable, everyone knows your name, or perhaps you aren't known, you feel an outcast, Jesus can meet and heal us all. Thank you. The woman is healed physically and emotionally, and that is important too. In every way, she is restored. Secondly, how desperate are we? The woman was desperate. She had tried everything else, and it had failed. She had no money left and no other options. Suddenly, there was hope. She must have heard about Jesus and the other healings that he had done. Maybe, just maybe, there was an answer for her. She dragged herself to where she had heard he was, thinking, if only I can get close enough. She didn't mind about the potential for embarrassment or how hard it was. This was 
her opportunity. Dare we follow her example and do what, what she did? Are we desperate enough to push aside all the objections in our heads to reach out to Jesus? For whatever reason, we might feel dirty or ashamed before God. You might think that he would reject you if you came too close. But his garment is still there for every single one of us to grab and take hold of. So what about our faith? Jesus commended her faith. She believed he could do something. Her faith was raw. Remember the picture of the mustard seed. A little can be enough. If you believe even a little bit, come to Jesus. He sees the smallest grain of faith. Fourthly, we need to come to Jesus. The woman didn't watch from a distance. She came close enough to touch his garment. So my encouragement for all of us, including me, is please let us not be observers. If you need Jesus to step in for you, today is the moment to ask him. The invitation is for all. The woman was unclean, an outcast, unnamed. Jairus was important and named. Wherever you feel you are, all are included. No one need be left out. Jesus says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. The invitation is literally for anyone and all of us. And finally, even if our condition is long-standing, there can be breakthrough. For 12 long years, this lady had suffered. That is a long time in any language. But there came a a day when it all ended. It was finished. So what about you and me? Is there something you have been suffering with for a long time? She had tried so many things before. Have you, have, have I experienced disappointments and setbacks? Perhaps today is the moment to come to God again and ask to be healed. Jesus, we thank you that you came in person and walked this earth. And Lord, you stretched out your hands and healed those who came, drew near to you. Thank you, God, for all the stories we can read in the Gospels of your healing power. But Lord, we know that your kingdom is ever increasing God and uh, we thank you that you um, breathe life into things that are dead you come and restore and renew so Jesus together as a family we want to live our brothers and lift our brothers and sisters up to you those who are sick who are carrying illness in their body right now who don't feel well, who are waiting for test results or um, appointments. And Jesus, we, we ask you to draw near and heal 
the sick amongst us. We pray for a fresh outbreak of miraculous healings amongst our church family, Lord, for your glory. God, come and do a fresh work in our midst, we pray. Lord, we thank you that you you know in detail everything about every single one of us. Lord, there's nothing hidden from you. That that lady couldn't hide. She she was known by you. We thank you, Lord, that we can be known by you. And we want to pray, God, that our relationship with you would deepen and increase, that we would be those who are known by God, who know our God, that can step out and step into all that you have for us in the days ahead. We ask for this for your glory and build your kingdom, O God. Keep ministering to our bodies and our emotions, our um, mental well-being, all the other things that make us who we are. Lord, what we pray, we we ask for uh, a a real uh, move of your spirit in these days. Amen. Amen. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.